Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudervinder, and I have 13 years of experience working with EU R&D funding, and it is my quest to make a regularly running podcast on EU funding to help and support all of you sitting out there every single day, working on proposals toward the EU Commission to get all this nice funding for the nice projects ideas that you um, that you are developing. So I have started this initiative with making what I uh, am calling the timeline series. The timeline series meaning that I have started from scratch uh, in the in the left end of the timeline, so to say, uh, when you build up a proposal uh, from the basic idea until the the submission of the proposal. This is supposed to be generic episodes uh, that anybody can always go back to and and check uh, for the different phases in the process towards submission. I might in the future add more episodes if if I feel that something needs to be covered in more detail uh, or if requests by, by you listeners say we would actually like a little bit more detail on this aspect or this aspect. That's uh, that's totally up to me, and I will do it if I feel the need to. Second, before I uh, I start today's uh, subject, these are solo episodes, but I will have guests guests on board, not on a regular basis. I have chosen to make a concept of friends of the house, people that will be here on board regularly, uh, covering different areas where they are uh, specialists or have strong capacities to complement me. Because even though I've been working with with this for thirteen years. I have my key capacities and some areas I'm a little bit more weak or have blanks where I need to have support from others that know more, much more than me around this. Now, that's that. Let's get um, let's get going. It's going to be a little content heavy in this episode because what we are going to cover today is reading the call text. So in the first episode in the timeline series, I covered the basic idea, how that comes about and what you need to be aware of when you have that basic idea of whether you should approach EU funding. Second episode, it was about how to identify the funding. So how do you find the calls uh, in the work programs? Um, So that was the last episode. And now we have identified the call and now we're going to to read the call text. And the reason why I have made a an episode specifically uh, dedicated to this is because it's actually quite complex uh, to read the call text. And it's it's good, especially for beginners, but anyone actually can listen to this. It's good to to just have an overview of the structure and of of how to read how to read and interpret the text uh, and and some tips and tricks on how to break it down so you can use it to make sure you you cover what the commission wants you to do now i have three bullet points for this episode first i will go through uh, the cold text structure so how the 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 the, the structure in each call is set up the logic around that. Then I have a bullet uh, around analyzing the call text 
how to analyze the call text, how to read it. And then finally, key elements to be aware of uh, when analyzing and interpreting the call text vis-a-vis -vis the project idea that you have. And finally, as I have started off uh, in this timeline series, I always have a segment in the end called the toughest challenge, uh, where I carve out what is actually the toughest thing and how can you deal with that. Let's move straight at it, call text structure. So this walkthrough is related to, specifically related to Pillar 2 uh, work programs. The Pillar 2 being the Global Challenges and European Industrial competitive, Competitiveness work programs. Um, because that's, as I mentioned in the last episode, that's where I have my focus here in the beginning, also in these generic series. Um, that might be widened out, but it's just to to make it clear that that's that those are those are the frame. That's the frame that I work within here, um, with with the text that I analyze. That said, let's look at how such a call text look now. It always there's a title, of course, and the title the first time you see it, it looks weird. So you have a text title at the end of the title, so to say. So you have uh, that that this that is the, the, the headline of, of what they want to do. So, so I've just taken an example here being, so this is the cluster six work program, the food, bioeconomy, natural resources, agriculture, and environment. It's a very long, very long cluster title. Food, bioeconomy, natural resources, and agriculture and environment work program. This is related to plastic. So the headline is innovative solutions to overpackaging and single use plastics and related microplastics pollution. That's the title. But before that, you have some codes. And the logic around that is that these uh, codes, you can always search for them throughout the participants portal, which is where you have all these things gathered online, all these costs gathered online. So this code is divided into different elements. So you have first, you have the word horizon, then you have dash, then it, it's a CL6, which stands for cluster six. Then you have the year 2021. Then you have another abbreviation, CIRC bio, CIRC bio, which stands for circular economy and bioeconomy. And then you have a two number code, zero one, dash zero three. Now these things, so horizon stands for horizon Europe, CL6 stands for cluster six, 2021 stands for which year the call is open. CIRC bio refers to the subgroup of calls within cluster six that this belongs to. So number one is referring to the batch. If it's the first batch, the second, second batch of calls under that round, and number three stands for which, in, in then in this batch of calls, which number it has under each batch. So this is complex, and actually, to <laughs> actually tell the truth, it took me some years to oh, to fully understand. I'm sometimes puzzled with some of them, but it's uh, that's the logic behind. Now that's so that's the headline. And this title, you can always take it, copy paste it, uh, and go and use it to find details in the participants portal. So the next thing you have in the in the code text structure is that you have the specific conditions. 
and specific conditions. It covers the more f- some of the formalities about how much budget and so on. So you have four things, and they're actually in a box, in a table, where you have... So you have four things. So the first thing is expected EU contribution per project, which is obvious. This is the amount of money that the Commission will give to each project. Then you have the indicative budget of the whole call. This means how much money have they allocated to this. So if it's more, if it's if this indicates how many projects they will they will fund for each call. So if if you have, for instance, expected EU contribution per project six million, an indicative budget for the call is twelve million. This means that they will fund. 12 uh, not 12 they will fund two two proposals uh, under this call so it's an, an indication of of how much how many projects will get uh, funding from uh, from from the individual call thirdly you will have indication of type of action and as i explained in the last episode you have three different types of actions in the pillar 2 you have research and innovation action you have innovation action and you have coordination and support action and as you might remember, the type of action is related to the rate of funding. So research and innovation action, everybody gets 100% funded. Innovation action, everybody gets 100% funded except private organizations. They get 70% funded. And finally, you have the coordination and support action, network projects, so to say. They get 100% funded. Finally, in the table, you have the technology readiness level. The technology readiness level is an indication of where the commission wants the technology to start, when the project starts, where they they want it to be, and at which maturity stage they want the, the, the technology to be at the end of the project. So if it says technology readiness level six to eight, then you go into the technology readiness level overview and those you can google on the internet they are there you have nine levels going from basic research stage one basic principles observed stage two technology concept formulated and so on until technology demonstrated in relevant environment for instance level six or level eight system complete and qualified so this indicates the maturity of the technology. So this, so the technology readiness level indicator here in the call text, it indicates at what maturity stage do the commission expect the, the technology to be to ex- for them to expect it to have a certain level to solve the problem that they want to be solved and where should it be when it exits, so to say, when the project ends. This is fairly, this is important. This is important because this is something that they discuss a lot in the uh, in the fora where they decide what should be in the context because it is related to what how the technologies how far the commission expects the technologies to be which means when can you expect it to go to the market how much slack sh- should we give the research environment or the uh, the companies how much sh- should how much slack time should they be giving to to put into maturing this should we push them a little bit on the maturity level and so on so that's um, yeah, that's important now after this so you have the title you have the, uh, the specific condition that i just mentioned then comes the actual text 
And here, they start out with the expected outcome. And the expected outcome, that is, in short, this is what should come out of the projects. So it is what should come out concretely when you're finished. So what have you achieved? What is something that can be used afterwards from this project? I will come into detail this when analyzing the code text in a second. Finally, you have the, the scope. And here, this section, this is where the commission is telling you what you're supposed to do to reach the outcomes. And um, so that's 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 pretty much that's that's the structure. That's how they made, and this is pretty much the same. This is the same throughout all Pillar Two work programs. Title, specific conditions, expected outcome, and scope. So let's just move on to analyzing the cold text itself. I will try to give concrete examples for you to understand because this, since this is a podcast sound I cannot show you and it's complex to sit and read all the text out to give you examples but I'm going to give some examples anyways just for you to understand or get an idea of of what it looks like so let's just look so when you analyze the cold text if we start with simply the specific conditions as I mentioned you have the contribution uh, you have the budget indications and you have the funding indications and the technology readiness level indications. Now, the most important thing here is um, not so much uh, because I mentioned what to be aware of with the first three of them. So the technology readiness level, let me just repeat. This is something that is often, that's put a lot of effort or thought or discussions behind what levels they put into the work programs because it reflects what they expect from the technology and from the sector, from the stakeholders to put in of effort into reaching a certain level. So that should be respected. And and when analyzing the text and analyzing the readiness level, technology readiness level, you should really try to stay within the, the readiness level because you will sometimes run into where you, uh, issues where you see, okay, we will reach a higher techno technology readiness level with what we want to do so let's just do that how they they shouldn't uh, how how can that be a problem that we reach further than what they want but it can actually be a problem because there is a logic to why they put it where they did it it might not play a role i have tried both to keep within the readiness level a maximum that has been set but i've also tried to give it a notch up I also make an effort often to ask NCPs or, or colleagues, knowledgeable colleagues, about what they think, what they advise, or what they would do, because it can play a big role in the end at the evaluation if you stick stick to the level that has been set, or if you go a little bit beyond or below. It's important to be aware of. Now, uh, let's move on to the to the text itself. So let's start with the expected outcome. So for the expected outcome, what the commission has done uh, with with the work programs since uh, they changed to Horizon Europe, they made the destinations. The destinations are basically impacts. What the commission has done is that they have made overall impacts for the full cluster work programs 
In Horizon 2020, FP7, before that, you would have impacts being described for each specific impact wishes for each call, individual call. Here in Horizon Europe, they have lifted up and said, we need, we want to define overall desired impacts for the whole bioeconomy area, so to say. So in the beginning of the work program document, you have these overall destination, as they call them, described. And in the fly-in, in each individual cortex, they refer to them. So they would say, just to give you an example from a, uh, from, from a con- concrete um, cortex, the plastic one that I just started, it starts with, a successful proposal should con- should will contribute to all destination three impacts related to consumers and industry. Blah blah blah. So here in the beginning, they refer to to those overall destination impacts that they are defined in the beginning of the of the main document, the work package uh, document. Here, for instance, they are brought. They're rather broad. So to give you an example here, they mention in particular to European industrial sustainability, competitiveness, and resource independence by lowering environmental footprint, footprint, enabling climate neutrality, and higher resource efficiency through increased circularity and a resulting reduction in, in GHG emissions. All this... It's broader. It's broad. It's overall. It's up on. <laughs> it's up overall. It's a back curtain of everything here. So what they want with this call related to reducing plastic, they want it to be addressed within industrial sustainability, competitiveness, resource independence, environmental footprint, enabling climate neutrality, and so. On. So these things need to. So your concept, your project idea should should fit into this, should be able to to step in and solve some of these issues, help pushing on the big train, so to say, with these these big global challenges. That's the fly. So that's they call it kind of paint the that's sort of the back curtain of what you need to uh, refer to or, or answer to. Then the expected outcome uh, text moves into, what the project results are expected to com- con- contribute to. So they would normally have outcomes, and sometimes they will have the outcomes in bullets. In this concrete, in this concrete cortex I sit with here with the plastic, you have six different outcomes. And then the commission say, project, project results are expected to contribute to at least three of the following outcomes. And this is a normal trick that they do. So this is probably to diversify and to give to give give the the, the environment, the stakeholders, uh, some choice and some uh, flexibility with the concepts they have, not to lock them in too much. In FP seven and FP six in the old days, cortex could be extremely specific, and there was a lot of criticism around that from stakeholder communities from a lot of sectors. So they have, Commission has over the years started to soften these things to make it more accessible and flexible. But here, by doing it like this, they 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 still define six different outcomes that they 
want to be touched upon, and then they say we need at least three of those six to be covered by each project that we uh, that we are funding. And here, just to give you an example, what the text is like. So the outcomes they sound like this, for instance. Increased deployment and market uptake of innovation solutions through better design, alternative materials, business model promoting business models promoting reuse, deposit systems, smart labeling. That's one bullet. Another bullet is increased reuse, recyclability and upcycling of packaging and single-use plastic, and so on and so forth. And these so so these these give give con it's very concrete what the commission wants solved and here then you need to make sure of course you cover three it's concrete the text it's 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 text that both have the so they sort of divided into two you have the fly in of the broad uh, outcome that they needs to contribute to to the the global challenge, and then you have very concrete, narrowed down to the specific issues of plastic overuse, or to zoom out for the concrete, the specific problem of the concrete coal text, narrow in, say this is what we need to solve, this is what we need to solve, and this is what we need to solve. Sometimes, sometimes you have a list where the commission say all three outcomes should be addressed. And sometimes they say one of the following. So it can be very, it's very diverse. It's up to each uh, uh, forum that sits and, and develop this text, what they want, uh, the decisions around it. As mentioned in the last episode, I will also make an episode on how these cold texts, they are developed. So just for your curiosity. Now let's move on to the, the second text part, the scope so the scope, as mentioned uh, some minutes ago, scope is about how you expect to do it, how you also, uh, how the commission expect you to solve the challenges that uh, or out, how to how you're supposed to reach the outcomes that has just been mentioned. So here, in the scope, this is about what is the problem. So what do we do? first? They they go. So so they this is how they 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 fly they fly in here is that the problem is described. What are we dealing with? In this case, uh, in this concrete cortex I sit with here on plastic, they, start, they describe that, just to give you a short text bite, so the amount of materials used for packaging is growing continuously, and in 2017, packaging waste in Europe reached a record 173 kilograms per inhabitant, the highest level ever. And then they start to go down to in order to ensure that all packaging on the EU market is reusable and recyclable in an economically viable way by 2030, the essential requirements for packaging relate to reducing overpackaging and packaging waste and blah, blah, blah. So there, here you have, so you have the fly into the problem. You have the, what is the problem and what is the essential requirements that we need to deal with to deal with this problem. And then they narrow further in normally. It depends a little depends on the problem, a challenge they're dealing with, how long this scope text is. Here you have another paragraph where they move further into describing the problem. So they want so the thing is they want several things handled here. So it's a plastic overpackaging. 
plastic, single-use plastic. It's of course a diverse problem. So they they want some different elements and they describe them. Uh, and they need to go through what they 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 need to go through shortly what the problem is that needs to be solved. So they continue in another par paragraph on um referring to the circular economy action plan about environmental footprint about microplastics and so on so when they have described the problem and the the requirements of what we need to deal with then they start to move on in the second half of the of the scope text it's always like this the second part of the scope text they describe how they expect the projects to deal and solve the problem so here, for instance, to give you an example, they say projects shall combine at least three of the following elements. A reduction of overpackaging and packaging waste. Two, design for reuse and recyclability of packaging. Three, a reduction of material complexity, including the number of materials, and so on. So there are six here. Here again, you choose. Here again, you can you can choose you you only have to to deal with three of these six, um, but this this is a description of of what concrete action you need to take: restriction of intentionally added microplastics, or increasing the uptake of alternatives, decreasing the dependency of fossil fuels and related pollution. So, these are things where you have to cover them in your project concept of actual activity. Further on in this part where they describe what you need to do to solve the, the, the problem. You also have the element of whether you're supposed to make demonstration activities, analysis activities, research activities, and so on. In this specific context, projects should demonstrate at large scale and validate innovative solutions that are quantitatively relevant and replicable under diverse economic and social conditions. So here, here it is indicated that you need demonstration activities that show how to actually reduce the plastic overpackaging by design, by the reduction of, of the waste, by the restriction of, of microplastics and so on. And then they even go further here. They say you can do this through better design, alternative materials, business models promoting reuse, recycling, upcycling, deposit systems, smart labeling, sensor-based sorting, etc. I will get back a little bit to the wording in a second. But here they you have the outline of what they expect you how they expect you to deal and work with the problem. Finally, in the last part of the description of what they expect you to do, you have more uh, <clears throat> broader parts, or horizontal parts that the commission expects to cover. So in this case, in this specific goal, they want life cycle approaches, life cycle assessment uh, of where you analyze the whole life cycle of, of your solution. Um, they also want a systemic approach to value chains and end users, for instance. It can also be here, you, they describe that they want you to make business models or market analysis. And finally, in the variant, you have maybe even softer elements where they say we need consumer behavior covered or social innovation. We need to deal, you need to, to, to include in a social technological analysis. You need to deal with social change or new social practices. 
en market optake something like this is how it's built up this is the call text itself how the wording is how they are building it up now when you analyze this text how do you do that how do you break this up how do you get your head around it so this is something that beginners it's it can be a little rough because it's uh, it's quite complex text actually um what what i would say for the analysis the best thing is to divide the text up to work with the text build your own bullets if you need to make up the text divide it into sections so you have a better overview of what the commission is suggesting and what they really want and the the, the bullet points where you can choose say the things i just mentioned you know, three out of six and, and make all kinds of mark the keywords things you don't understand also make a structure of the text where you're sure that you understand what the commission wants wants from you and from the projects and then when analyzing the text you often have references to policy documents and other background papers and they should be taken very seriously uh, it should be studied to make sure that you have the background knowledge that the commission expect you, expects you to have because it can be vital for shaping your concept into um, into a winning one and to tell the truth i now i've been working with this for 13 years and i have not always been that thorough when reading the call text and i have not always read or dug into the policy document references but time has taught me that this is important to do even even if you <clears throat> and if you work together in the team you need at least one person in the team that that has a full understanding of what the background what the reference to the background documents need because there you will have sometimes very very important indications of what you should uh, the approach should be a discourse that is expected from the commission on this problem so I can only I can only say this is this is how how I do it now. Uh, so I I mark up texts. I I massage everything into. I actually copy paste from the PDF document into a Word document, so I can do whatever with the text I need to do to fully understand with comment boxes with with color markings with making my own bullets and so on to make sure that everything is perfectly understood. I might not have remembered everything but then i will get back to it in future episodes i promise i will move on to the key uh, the key elements to be aware of when you analyze the cold text so i just mentioned a little bit here with the analysis but let's just say that for the budget of course the budget uh, the indicated budget is of course very important for what you want to do because if the indicated budget is much lower than what you expect from what you want to do or what the partners you're together with expect to be able to carry out what you want to do then you need to adjust your concept if you want to apply through through that specific call so it's it the budget indicates it's very important to to understand and realize that if it fits what you want to do and you're, you should always be aware of the fact that you have the technology part if you are a technology uh, stakeholder so to say that with technology call if you have technology you have to have a budget for the technology part but there are also 
elements in the project like communication, dissemination, you have the, 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 the project management and so on. So you not just count on six million just for technology. So these things you need to, to make sure are understood when you start to work with a concrete coal. Then there's the funding rate. If it's a research and innovation action, no problem, everything is funded. But if it's an innovation action, and if you're a private company, then you need to be aware of the 70% funding rate. So you need to, to mark up 30% from yourself. Um, now, all, all European on Horizon Europe projects, you have an overhead in the funding of, of 25%. Now, overhead is sunk costs, so to say. So the commission, whenever they uh, fund a... a an organization from Horizon Europe will say this is your budget but because you also have rent you have your coffee machine you have all the sunk costs that any organization have we add 25% of your project budget to make sure that those things are covered in the project period so for private companies this means that you have a 70% you have 70% uh, funding rate and then you get 25% on top of that so that means that you get 87.5% covered in total but so you're still you're still you're still short of uh, up to 100% which you need to be aware of this it's just important that you don't think that it's not a surprise then as mentioned the technology readiness level is very important because it you can lose on the evaluation if you're not taking it seriously so this should be an important discussion if there is an issue at all in the group of the partners about the technology where it starts or where it ends you need to make sure that you get those discussions in detail fixed so you fit within what the commission wants then uh, if we zoom a little bit out on the text on the on the wording so to say now it's important to be aware of the fact that all words in the call text in the work programs they have been through a very big machine really big machine so you should read carefully the text because nothing is by accident or just like this ah then we just write like this it is i have myself been sitting in in the program program committees working with developing texts for for work programs and and i can reassure you that nothing is a coincidence so any word in there has a meaning, so to say. It's, 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 it's like a good poem or a good book. It's Nothing is by coincidence. So this means you cannot just dismiss something. Ah, they don't mean this so much. We don't have to pay that much attention to this. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do, because it's there for a reason. And sometimes the texts have been, um, have been the scenery of long uh, and heated discussions uh, in in these forum. So interpretations of these texts, they can sometimes be very difficult, even for skilled people. I've been, as mentioned, I've been doing this for many years. And and still I can I can run into cold text where I think, what on earth do they mean? Are they meaning this or this? And and I cannot get around this without uh, checking with colleagues or even checking with NCPs or checking with the commission itself uh, to fully understand what does this phrase mean? What do you mean by this? If you do European 
uh, proposals on a regular basis, you should have run into this. And for beginners, you will run into it if you will do it on a regular basis in the future. So consult if you can, by all means, with someone who can help you if something is, is not clear. Yes, and the, again, it's, it just, I just have to underline it. Don't dismiss elements from the text that is probably not important because they are. I can reassure you, they are important. It's there for a reason. And sometimes the devil is in the detail. They might even have small things, little asterisks or little footnotes uh, where you need to check out where that's a report that is referred to and you need to check it. The policy document that I mentioned, don't just think, oh, okay, that's a report. You have to read it. Go in there or have a colleague reading it to make sure that you understand what it is. Then there are the the formulations themselves, the, the, the wordings. Now, modal verbs, by all means, those are you should pay a lot of attention to what, how <laughs> the modal verbs in the Coltic. Modal verbs are could, would, should, shall, and so on. Just let me just try to give you an example from the Coltics that we that we that I have given giving examples from here. So if we look at the scope where the commission writes what what they expect, how they expect projects to attack the problem. So here projects shall combine at least three. Obviously, so you need to be aware of the shell. You have to. At least three. You can also cover all six if you want, but at least you shall combine at least three. Um, what else? Yeah, here, projects should demonstrate at large scale. Same thing if it should. Indeed, you are going to have to make those demonstrations at large scale. And I suggest that you would make several dem de demonstrators. Sometimes it says could. Sometimes you have, uh, you have could. Projects uh, could uh, choose this away. Or, you know, and then it's a choice you have. It's sort of a passive-aggressive suggestion if it says could, <laughs> because that means that they actually would like to do, but they're not going to... If you make something strong without doing that, then you could be funded, but it's a good indication of what you actually should do. <laughs> yeah, then you have more in the in the, in the the softer end of, of modal verbs here. So here in the end of the call text, the, the, on the social innovation, it says, social innovation is recommended when the solution is at the social-technical interface and requires social change. So here, if it's a social-technical interface, so if there is a consumer-related thing or social behavior and so on, then they say it is recommended. doesn't mean that you have to, but it's recommended. Again, there is a sort of passive aggressiveness to that. So <laughs> because the... When you are, especially when you've been working with this with many years, for many years, consultants like myself, like I am now, if it says it's recommended, then you do it. You uh, incorporate it in the concept one way or the other. It's just like this. Because it's then you have your back covered uh, for the evaluators. Because you, nobody wants to end up with a concept and beautiful evaluation, and then in the end you lose points on not not having included social innovation, and then you don't get the project. So that's um, cover your back. That's I think that's the the key elements to be aware. What I do uh, myself with these things, I mark them out actually. 
I, I I color the words in the documents. I make a yellow color on them to make sure that I have it right, uh, just with the important words, but also the modal verbs to make sure that I know what is should, could, or is recommended. We are reaching the end of this episode. It was a long one. Uh, I knew it would be because this is a tough area to deal with. toughest challenge so let's look at the toughest challenge so for the beginners the toughest challenge is to get your head around this whole way of presenting cold text right from the commission side and what to pay attention to because there are so many holes to fall in if you don't understand fully how to interpret it also, simply how to read and understand the text itself can be challenging. And then, again, if you fit your own project idea up against the text you have identified, sometimes it fits perfect, and sometimes you need to massage or adjust the concept that you have. And that's a challenge, especially as a beginner, because you just want you just want your project, you just want this project concept to... That you have that your idea, the spark that I talk about, the enthusiasm that you that you have that I talked about in the last episode, you want to keep that. You don't want it to be killed by all kinds of other things that the commission is forcing you into if you want the money from that pot. But sometimes you just need sometimes it's a good idea to, especially if you're in a team, um to to get your head around how how much it affects your original idea and if you have a, a consultant then they can they can they can shape it up so you don't lose that enthusiasm so the original concept idea is is a red thread with the other things built around that so to say so making it making making your idea shine shining up and making sure that that's the core of everything and then you have these other elements that they're asking to 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 make it uh, to make it roll for the experience the toughest challenge i guess the toughest challenge is when the structure of the work programs are changed when when you have been working when you're experienced and when you work with framework program like say the last horizon 2020 you know it on the backbone when it's been running for some years you know exactly how to read it how to address it how to how to how to build the project concept around it but when when you then move to into for instance now they have moved into horizon europe and they change the structure of the cold text so that also mean you have to oh you have to <laughs> What do they mean by this? What do they actually want? What are they seeking from us now in 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 the way we build the proposals? And this is uh, resource intensive to 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 sit down and understand that. So you, it almost feels like you have to go back from scratch. It's not true, but the idea that you have to go back and then understand of what do they mean with this and what do they mean with this structure uh, for me to be able to correctly interpret. The, the the way they want the document made that we submit to them so here i would say what do how to deal with these things first and foremost the commission is running info meetings 
and those are, are, are strong info meetings and they are info meetings slash webinars that are recorded that you can access afterwards where you have where they go through everything so they can be quite long but it can be beneficial to spend the time um, take the time and 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 look through them because they're always there and they will answer many many of the questions you will have on uh, cold tech structure, how to approach it, and so on. The changes they made, what you need to be aware of. Often you will also have info meetings that are arranged by all kinds of organizations, associations, clusters, national uh, ministries and agencies, and so on. So keep an eye out of that. Uh, keep an eye out for that uh, because it's they are good. Uh, also, consultancy companies in general are making these things. Sometimes they cost money, sometimes not, but the point is that you have a lot of information out there and you have a lot of organizations that do make events where you can ask questions and understand better how these things work. And finally, you have the NTPs, the national contact points for each country. And they are also supposed to help with this. So they are actually, their job is for you uh, to be able to get in touch with them and ask for a specific call. And then you ask your question about what does this mean? And then it is their job to to find out what it means and give you a reply to that. Finally, the commission itself. Actually, you can actually write the the commission itself, the responsible departments that uh, for for the different work programs uh, to understand. Then you need to go through the directory of, <clears throat> of the commission, and it's very rarely I do that. Um, I normally use the NCPs or colleagues or the Commission's own uh, webinars to, to check. Now we reach the end. <laughs> Next episode, I will deal with, I will cover idea development, concept development, and shaping the work package structure. And it falls in the timeline uh, because when you have come at this stage, basic idea, you have identified the funding, you have read and understood the call text, then you have to start to shape up the, the whole project concept based on your core project idea. And that, so that comes in the next part of the timeline. So that's next episode. Thanks for listening to the end. Uh, it's a pleasure to make these, uh, these episodes. I'm looking forward to make more of them. I have created a website for this initiative. Check it out at thegrand.eu. Go and subscribe to this podcast and browse around to check out how the initiative is unfolding. When you subscribe, you will get access to the Grand LinkedIn group, which is where the interaction is going on between you, dear listeners, and me. Thanks for listening to the end and looking so very much forward to build this up for you. Get the Grand! The Grand You have been listening to The Grand, the EU funding podcast.